Good afternoon. I'll Good call afternoon. the meeting of the Labor County Board of Commissioners to order. Mr. Brown, has the meeting been properly advertised? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Good to see you here. We have now have our prayer and our pledge. I thought I saw Reverend Frazier. Did, did I see him? He's on the back. He just <laughs> he just visiting. Well, we're gonna we're gonna invite you if you will come, sir, and leave us <laughs> our invocation and followed by our pledge. Since you're, since you're in the building, put your name on the record. Your daddy would be proud. <laughs> I got him now, y'all. <laughs> Let us stand now for invocation and our faith. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you again for this grand day that you granted unto us, a privilege that we could not have given to ourselves, but because of you that we are here. And we want to thank you for life, health, and strength. And now that we're here, we speak blessings over everyone that's here. But then, God, we ask again for your instruction, your guidance, as we come together to do what is best for Liberty County. We pray, God, that you continue to give us the wisdom that we might follow through on what you are saying concerning this county, a place of freedom, a place that you would desire to inhabit. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <clears throat> I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation of God, Individual with liberty and justice for all. Preacher, that was divine intervention, sir. That was divine intervention. Thank you. All right. Listen, I'm supposed to announce that there is a game tonight between Snelson and, let me get it right, two of the middle schools. So that we will know. Midway Miller versus Snelson, 6 o'clock, Liberty County High School. It's a playoff game. And the winner will, ah, okay. The winner will kind of be the Liberty County Middle School champ. So they're, they're uh, inviting us to come to Liberty County High School. So I'd like to attend some of that if, if our. Yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. <laughs> just, just found so out. So what are you trying to say, hurry just up? Just found out. <laughs> just found out. Motion to adjourn. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're going to move ahead. And then we're starting five minutes late, two minutes late. Okay. We're going to move on, though. Uh, Ms. Samantha. I'm going to talk finance to us there. Good evening, Mr. Chairman, Good Commissioners. Um, I'm here this evening to report on the county's December 2023 financials. Um, at the end of December, we have collected approximately 21% of our revenues for the year and have expend, uh, expended 45% of our expenditures. We currently have 0.75, a little less than one month of operating expenses in our unreserved fund balance. Um, this is a little down from last December, which reported 1.1 months. Uh, looking at the year-to-date general fund expenditures, um, there are uh, currently a few departments running slightly ahead of schedule. Um, however, we do not anticipate any of these departments exceeding budget for the year. Uh, we will continue to um, monitor these and, um, and reach out to those department heads if needed. Um, the governing body and elections encouraged some training and travel expenses uh, near the beginning of the fiscal year, um, which is kind of showing small-ish overages um, through December. 
the general and judicial administration. Uh, this is those CRD, CGRDC dues, um, always paid at the beginning of the fiscal year. So this department will show over budget each month until we get to June. Judicial administration, uh, superior court, district attorney. Um, these are showing ahead of schedule uh, just based on the timing of payments to um, court reporters and books and periodicals. Uh, but we do not expect these departments to run over budget. Animal Services had some vehicle repairs um, in August. And additionally, they are um, experiencing increased costs for animal food supplies. Um, this is just this is just up. And uh, we'll have to watch that one. Um, hopefully that account doesn't run over, but possibly might. So hopefully uh, they can come up with some savings in their other line items. Community services, um, this was for uh, the cost for the employee wellness fair that was held back in October. Uh, we're still waiting on some grant funding, but we are expecting it to come in to cover a portion of these. Um, and this department will not show over budget once that comes in. Um, lastly, the other financing uses, this includes primarily our 2022 bond money. Um, uh, currently, we're still paying on and uh, trying to finish up the Miller Park Fire Station, and we have until June to spend the rest of this bond money. Um, and let's see, turning the page to solid waste. Uh, at, the dis at the end of December, we're showing a little net loss, $100,000. Um, however, in the coming months, um, January and February, this this will turn around as we start collecting on those solid waste assessments. But through December, we've collected 43% of our budgeted revenues um, and expended approximately 46% of total expenditures. Um, additionally, there are no departments in the solid waste fund that are currently showing over budget. Um, for our special revenue funds, one department, our victim witness, uh, district attorney, is showing a little ahead of schedule. Um, and this was for uh, some dues and fees and some fuel costs that are, um, that are currently over budget. But we'll work this with this department to manage any overages um, as we get closer to June. And now on to these BLOST reports or the sales tax reports. Um, our revenue for sales tax seven for December was $1,115,000. This is our largest collection month so far. Um, since this loss began, we have collected $8.5 million and spent approximately $1.3 million. Uh, on the next page, T-SPLOS for December, we received $1,041,000. Um, and since the inception of T-SPLOST, we have collected over 35.5 million of the total 54 million. Um, we've currently spent 16.4 million on T-SPLOST projects. Samantha, I'm trying to remember. So December proceeds <coughs> are from? Two months ago. Two months ago. October. October sale, was that right? October sales tax and then? 
election, and then they go to the yes. state, and then it's the next, so is it one month, and then two months to the cities? Um, yeah, I think I think it's actually collections from the prior month, isn't it? Prior month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you get Sorry December 15th would have been November. 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 That's correct. I guess that's gearing up for Christmas and... <laughs> Well, I hope they didn't spend it all out. <laughs> so, so we'll have the same kind of month. Exactly. When we have the, the, uh, the next. Now, I, th I think January, skipping ahead, I do think was another great month. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mr. Chairman, um, I want to interrupt you there for a minute. Um, the district attorney, what we're looking at in the red, is that shared through the circuit, Joey? Is that just our portion? That wouldn't necessarily, you know, the chart's a little, <coughs> a little quirky there. They're not really over budget at any point. It's just that they're running ahead of a schedule. So if you took their budget and divided it by 12, ideally there's, a, there's an amount you would spend every month. All this is saying is they're running a little ahead of that ideal number, but they're not over budget. So, and, and that's caused, as she said, by stuff either having a heavy month and not being a 112th <coughs> month so to speak. Um, to answer your question, though, if there would be a loss, it would be shared by all the counties. So well, we would build them, yes, sir. You've got also in that the uh, the Superior Court and the Judicial Administration, and um, I was just wondering, <coughs> is all that lumped together? No, it's yes, separate. Sir. I noticed they're all in the red, and that's the reason why I was asking, is that shared throughout the circuit? Because when we budget that, we budget for the um, the circuit, correct? On those you do, yes, sir. But they're not in the same division, obviously. But, yeah, we get a, a circuit court budget. We get a circuit um, administrator budget. And then we get a DA budget. Which of course isn't, with, but right. yeah, they're separate, but they're all circuit wide. That's all I had, Mr. Chairman. Thank you, sir. Ms. Samantha. Okay. Yes, sir. On the uh, T splash, if we look down at the uh, <clears throat> interstate paper improvement, Mr. Brown, like I said before, we need to go ahead and schedule a meeting with them. Find out what their intentions are. Sure. Because I don't want to see that kind of money sitting up there and <clears throat> they're not going to use it. Over a million dollars. Going back to T-SPLOS, we received a $1,041,000, um, collected $35 million on our total $54 million, and that will be collected through September of 2025. Um, and we've currently spent $16.4 million of our T-SPLOS money. Um, the last thing is I have included the sales tax six report, um, just for reference, just to see kind of how our projects are coming along. Um, and we have approximately 7.5 million left of our sales tax six um, tax money to to spend out. Um, and that's all I have for December. And I'd be happy to answer any questions. I'm trying to project the T-SPLOS earnings. Okay. 
Ah. Based on uh, what month it's going to expire and that kind of thing. Yes. So it's a million ish, a little less than a million on average per month. <clears throat> and we are at 35, so 15 months from, from December. Mm -hmm. March of 25, is that right? No, wait, well, March 25, April 25, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. Somewhere kinda, in there. Which is, you know, before our sunset date. Yeah. If it stays at this 900, 1 million a month. Yeah. But it's been well, trending that way, certainly. Yeah. 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 Just wanna, yeah, Mr. Chairman. Yes, uh, Ms. Richardson, uh, yes, sir. Um, I appreciate your help on those uh, response to the emails I sent this week. I uh, yes, really appreciate that. But on, on the, I guess the second page uh, for uh, revenues, mm -hmm. how hard would it be um, to itemize these, um, you, you know, like you got charges for services and that's, you know, almost $3 billion. Um, and I, I'll just would, how hard would it be for you to give a give me a report, you know what, what totals, you know what what goes into that total? I, I mean, I, if it's you know going to be a long drawn out process, I know you. No, no, no. Um, okay. So our uh, our GL our general ledger is broken down okay. into these categories, so I can run any any segment of the revenue or all the okay. revenues and yes sir yeah I, I just got a few that I just want to know what what entails in that sure. and um mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll I'll send you that email and um, <laughs> okay I yes sir okay all right mm -hmm. thank you Mr. Chairman I did have a, a couple questions sure. were you finished Commissioner Gilliard I'm sorry yes ma'am okay yes, ma I, do, I just want the lag time on the tax revenue property tax because I know they were due yes is um, it like two months so we we received some in January, and then we received a lot in February. So we are... It's catching it was, up? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. Okay. So so it will, when we get next month, we receive next month's, you know, right now we're like three-quarter months behind, but it'll... It January, it'll still be low, but it'll be a little better than, than December, but February will be back to flush and, okay. and back to good. Yes, ma'am. And Mr. Brown, do we have any ambulances on order right now, or do we have them all in? We do. We got uh, we got one on order that's in the shop and should be coming out of there by March, April timeframe. Um, we've got a box redo mm -hmm. that's also in the shop there, so those ought to come out in the spring. In the spring, sometime. We'll have two. And, and, yes, ma'am. That, that'll put two into service immediately and then we're putting together a proposal for two more <coughs> since there's such a long lead time right. on okay all right thank you so that would be two additional are we going to rotate one off it'll be rotating okay it'll be rotating <coughs> all right anything else for Mr. samantha no. <coughs> thank you ma'am yeah. mr chairman no. yeah, i'm Before, sorry uh, that's it in finance <coughs> it, it, okay okay no I, I just wanted to um if you will, well, he what he's gone. Um, Councilman Ortiz, he had a phone call. He, he, he had his phone in his hand. When he went yeah, up. well, I, I wanted to recognize him. We, we just left the city council meeting, and, and I invited him over here. Yeah. He's um, and I just wanted to recognize him. He was really wanting to come over here to meet one of our uh, commissioners. 
Just, hey. just one? Well, that's him down there. Okay. But um, he'll, he'll, be, he'll, he'll, he'll be back in a minute. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Get along. I mean, it's, it's seven of us, you know? You just want to meet one of them. Okay, cool. I know him. <laughs> Good evening. Good evening. Hope everyone is doing well tonight. Um, I'll oh. try to go through this as briefly as I can. Uh, Barrington Ferry Road Roundabout, um, Mr. Stevens had asked for a, a copy of the layout, so I bought a copy of the layout uh, for everybody to look. I gave him a big one, and everybody else got a copy of it as well. Uh, well, Cemetery Road, we are waiting on uh, one more parcel, so I didn't want you to think that we're forgetting about that one. Um, Elm Street in Winhaven, uh, the contractor's got pipes delivered. I think you had a good conversation with him the other day. I, we, he mentioned we, to me that he stopped to talk to you. I, I, I did. <laughs> I, hey, I, I learned that from Commissioner Stevens, you know, just stop and talk. Yeah, yeah, it was it was great though. Especially since he's really close to your house, it works I, good. He's right there on it. It's That's right. Time to pay attention. So we're uh, we're trying to he's trying to get started on his stuff. We we there. we call learn a few things. There you go. <laughs> um, water system west of the railroad. Um, but quick quick question uh, before before we leave from that, How, uh, were the letters put out? Yes, sir. Okay. We uh, mailed them to everyone. And uh, my office actually went to everybody's door. And did the and door hang on the door. All right, thank we you. We did it week before last. Okay, great, thank you. Yeah, I can't remember what day, but it was not. It was week before last. Right. Water system, we're rest of the railroad. Lamar is working on the easements on that. We're going to try to, Mr. Brown and I talked about those a little bit. We're going to try to uh, send out another letter and try to promote that a little bit better. Uh, I think we signed those letters today. Uh, those will be going out uh, tomorrow, uh, return receipt requested. Um, the Limerick Road, road uh, overlay actually looks pretty good. Um, we're looking at the uh, speed hump, not speed hump, rumble strip. Uh, I hadn't forgotten about that. Andy and I are kind of looking at. Some of them are coming up already. Anyhow, so it may be that we just remove one of them. So, but we're definitely looking into that for you. Um, but I think that's all basically done um, on their project. Excuse me, you still got the RPMs on you? Yes, sir, we got RPMs coming. But I think that would be the last thing. So, <clears throat> may end up having to put a little extra striping down because um, the striping went down pretty early, and, and you, we kind of needed to for the amount of traffic. But um, generally, if you put the striping down too early, the asphalt will bleed through, so we'll probably come back over on top of it uh, one more time. But it just kind of depends on how bad it bleeds. So, Thank you. Um, Claudia Lane Water System contractor has the contracts. We should have those back any day to be able to get that uh, set up to get going on that. Good, good. Um, we, and most of the rest of the stuff is kind of moving along like it should. I won't try to read everything on that. We did receive a bridge report. Um, the chairman forwarded to us our annual bridge report. They did, well, semi-annual. Uh, they did a pretty good inspection of all the bridges. Uh, most of the bridges are under state control. We have several bridges that uh, we have to look after. 
Um, three of them require posting. Uh, two of them already have are posted. And uh, the worst one was the Lewis Fraser Road Bridge over Peacock Canal, which the department is going to be replacing for us. So we don't have to make any corrections there. So the only two that we have that will be posted anymore will be the two on K Creek Road, one over Peacock Canal and one over K Creek. And they are already appropriately uh, posted. Uh, the details that they sent, they're already there. So we're good there. Now, Do we have a due date on the Lewis Frazier yet? No, sure. There, uh, I did not look back at what the uh, schedule is, but I think they're about to go into right-of-way acquisition, and you know we've already given them our funds for the right-of-way acquisition, so that was our part of the deal. So they should be doing that. So pretty shortly, you know, I'll get a better let date uh, within the next month and <coughs> let you know. And you, did you say this could be about a nine-month project or to a year? That road could be shut down, so everybody will have to go all the way around? Yes, sir. Mm. So hopefully they'll be able to do it faster because it's a small bridge. You know, okay. it really depends on who the contractor is. But a lot of times they'll be able to get it, get it open and not have to shut it down for the whole length of their contract. And this will be a prefab? Um, I think they're... Prefab would go a whole lot quicker. <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, it uh, might they, cost they, more, but I don't know which one, but prefab would... It's, it's got some it precast... It, it does have precast, some precast components. Uh, some components are cast in place. So hopefully it'll go really fast. <clears throat> um... <clears throat> We do have, we did have a, um, let me back up, make sure that I covered everything. Also gave everybody a copy of the, uh, this little package that was on your desk. Um, it has uh, the roundabout there at uh, Barrington Ferry Road. It has some right-of-way acquisition we need to do for Mary Todd Road on there. And then we've got a copy of some plans. We had a request. Um, Arcadia Subdivision, which is located at 196. Um, on the cutoff going towards Savannah. Um, <clears throat> they have a water system out there, which is beyond where our water system is. Um, they are looking to do a phase three, which is 30-something uh, lots, and uh, gave you a copy of their plans for that, that <coughs> expansion, uh, where they are extending their water system into their subdivision. Um, one of the things that they need is a letter from Liberty County that basically agrees to let them serve that uh, subdivision with their water system. Now, this is not an approval of the subdivision. The subdivision will come back to you with all the drainage, the lot layout, preliminary plat, the whole process. One of the things that they've got to do before really ever <coughs> comes to you is they've got to get through some permit processes. One of those is the water system permit. The EPD needs the letter from the county saying that we're not going to serve this particular subdivision to permit it using their water system. Uh, one of the things that they are doing is they are building this expansion of the water system to Liberty County standards. Actually, uh, they are using the Liberty County standard details for all their water system installations so that if something ever does happen in the future, um, this new section will definitely be built to Liberty County standards. But what they're requesting is that the Liberty County issue a letter saying that we do not plan to extend or serve water to this subdivision at this time. 
Now, it is just outside of our current service delivery area. So it's not part of what we're showing in our service delivery area, but they're close enough, you know, when the, they're, during the permit process, it really doesn't matter how close you are. Uh, if you're close to a municipal system, the state wants a letter saying that you are in agreement with them installing their water system and not extending yours out to it. So they're asking to allow them to use their own water system into their subdivision and the county write a letter saying they do not plan to extend it this time. So that's kind of what we need is uh, commissioners to say, okay, let's do this or, you know, try to be able to allow them to move forward with it. Now, I do know they got issues and things that they've got to take care of as far as the preliminary plat, roads, drainage, and all that. That comes back to you at a different date. <clears throat> so, I kind of washed that up a little bit. Yeah, you pretty much got it soapy. <laughs> okay, so basically what they need is they need the county to say, okay, we we'll give you a letter saying that we're not going to extend the water system to it. And I need you guys to say, Yes, sir, we'll, we'll agree to let Mr. Brown sign the letter saying we're not going to extend the water system out there. My, my thought, I was thinking, how is it gauged <clears throat> where um, that our private water systems fit into the amount of water the EPD allows us to withdraw? How, do, how does that fit into that piece well, of they, the Well, they fall under the same <clears throat> rules that we do. Yeah. as far as groundwater withdrawal mm -hmm. um, and the amount that they're uh, allowed to withdraw out of the uh, Floridian aquifer. Mm -hmm. So EPD kind of controls how much is coming out of the aquifer. And that doesn't count against us and what we're able to withdraw out of the Floridian aquifer. They've got some capacity that's remaining in their system, and they're trying to utilize the capacity that's remaining in their system. Remember, then the, the subdivision that's slated for Isle of White Road, uh, private water system, or are they tied into uh, City? Isle of White Road, Arlen, the one that Claude just midway. is working City. on? Yeah. It's Midway. It's Midway. Yes, okay. sir. All right, the one that we're going to do off of um, in Commissioner Walden's district that's between here and the high school, have I got it right? Bloomington Force is going to be yeah. Liberty County. Yeah, we, we're going to provide water for that. Okay. And also the one off of Bill Carter. And Bill Carter. Yes, sir. They, uh, they're in, the one off of Bill Carter Road is called Cottages on Carter. I believe that's the name of it. Um, they've already made submittal to the LCPC with their preliminary plan and their plans. Uh, we've done gone through the plan <coughs> review for Cottages on Carter, and uh, they've kind of met all our requirements for our roadways and water systems. The only thing they need to add to their plans is where their mail kiosk is going to be. Why do they uh, so you should cottages? be seeing that. They're going to LCPC, probably go to LCPC in March, and you guys probably should see it the first week in April. Now, we did a letter some time ago for that particular subdivision saying that we would provide water to them. Right, we did. So, and they, they are tying on to our water system and doing that. Uh, so, so cottages that bill? Yeah. Cottages on Carter. I mean, yeah. why didn't he just call it Bill's Cottages? Chair, <laughs> Chair, Trent, Chairman, and Mr. Brown, <clears throat> if we do this letter say that we're not going to service them with water, but I'm thinking of our.
plans, we're looking at a countywide water system. If we say no to them now, then we see that we can push water that way. What, what is that gonna do to that letter? So you have a couple of different options. That's one reason that we go ahead and build to county standards now. So if it becomes, comes to a point where we want to extend our water system out that way, and we want to take over the water system that's in that area, uh, we have the ability to talk to the owner of the water system and make an agreement to take over the water system, or you know, that gives us plenty of options. So that's one of the things we want to make sure that if we inherit it <coughs> by some happenstance, that it's built to county standard. Which means they will be installing water meters. Installing water meters. They'll be installing the same the water lines, the size that we'd require. Fire hydrants. Fire hydrants, yes, sir. Full nine yards. I think if you look back on the last page of the plans that I gave you, they use uh, our Liberty County water system standards and, and details. Thank you. So. Okay, um, and y'all gotta help me out. Being in the yellow zone, who's the gatekeeper on withdrawal? Who, who says? EPD. Uh, EPD is. So they will come knocking on our doors and say, hey, Liberty County, you reach your, are you, will they say you reach your limit, you're nearing your limit, or? Well, so they, I, I've had this happen on permits in the past where, um, you know, you try to do a little extension to pick up four or five lots, and all of a sudden you've re reached your capacity, and basically EPD says, no, you're disapproved um, because you don't have the capacity or you've either reached your uh, groundwater withdrawal permit or you've reached your number of uh, customers that you can have. Mm -hmm. We ran into this situation in Walterville several years ago um, when they were they had just gotten some of their mycine wells and they were over pumping the uh, upper Floridian and under pumping the mycine. And you know, the development had to wait about six months so that EPD and Walterville could get their operations right. So EPD's a pretty good gatekeeper on that. They keep a good eye on it. Okay. So. Uh, so does this need to be considered a factor when we start working on the comprehensive plan about uh, future growth into the rural areas of Liberty County uh, to include the water capacity? Yes, sir. Yeah, because I heard someone say that without water and sewage, we're going to be... Not, we're, we're struggling. Yeah. And we're struggling on that now. Yeah. And especially yeah. on the East End. Yeah. 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 We, we, we have about a, a three-to-one need Three times the, the need for what we got. Hmm. So. I just want somebody to give me the sign that says bad curve ahead or something so I know <laughs> don't run off the road. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir, I know. It's, it's, it's always kind of, all right, do we say yes, do we say no? In this case, you know, uh, it's outside our service delivery area. It's well over 4,000 feet to extend to them. They have their own water system already. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't see us shooting ourselves in the foot. They're building it to our standard. Um, so, and you know. Uh, Mr. Chairman uh, and Trent, do you, you talk about the hour standards um, and that covers a big 
ball of wax here because when the gentleman was going to build in the McIntosh Lake area, you know, that was one of the things about the sewer and the water, um, <clears throat> who was going to put the infrastructure in so it would be there later on because we didn't have any sewer and we don't have any water in there. Now, I, you know, I, I know you can't just police all of these things, but now that's going to be a pretty big job for you to make sure that those valves and those underground structures are to the standard that we would require. Are you prepared to do all of that? I am. I already have staff that we do it already. So but these are... How many new subdivisions are we looking at? You're looking at the one in McIntosh, you're looking at Mr. Ray's subdivision, and you're not even talking about the one probably in the Isle of Wight, but there's a good possibility you'll be looking already, at that. And we've already been looking at that one. Commissioner Stevens was talking about. Um, I mean, I'm all for the growth, east, west, north, and south, but, you know, I just want to make sure that once you cover it up with dirt, it's it's got to make sh sure that we're we're to mm -hmm. the standards that it's going to last us for a long time. And then again, are we doing something now that we didn't do for another <coughs> builder? Or is there somebody that's out there that we said we can't do this? And I, I well, and I don't want that to happen. I don't I don't want us to have already made a decision on something that we haven't we haven't been fair about. No, and, and, I, and I agree with you. So, and I'm trying to remember back, so help me if I remember back. Since we've had our water system, most everybody that's been in the general vicinity have wanted to work to extend the water system into uh, their neighborhoods. And most of them weren't that far away. Um, and so, they're extending the water system within their systems to, to make it work. And I'm trying to think of anybody that's built a subdivision with water that required a, for basic lack of a better term, will not serve letter mm -hmm. from the municipality. Um, city of Hinesville, Midway, the cities are used to, to doing those. Um, for a matter of fact, back in 2006, 2007 timeframe, when they built Habersham, they had to get a will not serve letter from the city of Midway, just cause it was closer. And so thinking of the subdivisions in our area that have gone on, this is the first one that's been out there that we haven't had, that we've had to do this. Well, this, you know, I understand the municipalities that are out there but in Commissioner Thrift's district, Commissioner Stevens' district, in a lot of the unincorporated areas, if you have 10 or 12 homes that's out there, is this gonna stop them folks from getting the service that the other folks have already got because we kind of fudged a little bit and helped them? I just wanna make sure that you know, those areas that's out there that don't have water right now, when it's time for them, we got to make sure that we're treating them all fair. I agree. That's all, I, so, all no, I'm and, saying. I mean, I don't, 
I'm, I'm not against the growth. I'm not against the builder, developer, or whatever, even the guy that's putting it in the ground. I just want to, you know, I can see a lot of times where you, you, you know, you loaded your cart up and then there's nowhere else to go. So, uh, and that, that's what I was, you know, talking to you about. It's going to be a lot out here, and I just want to make sure um, that it's looked at pretty thorough. Yes, sir. I mean, I got water, but the subdivision here in McIntosh Lake, they don't have water. And, you know, even that area that we talked about in Isle of Wight, it's going to be served by this, the uh, city of uh, Midway. So um, whether it's coming from the Floridian Aquifer or the South Carolina or whatever, don't make no difference because when you don't have no water or no access to it, that's when it's going to make a difference. Yes. That's all I got to say. That's yes. a mouthful, but <laughs> I just, you know, there's Who? nothing like having clean drinking water. Nothing. One of the things I probably need to get you guys just kind of at some point in the near future is uh, we've been working on a canyon-wide water plan focused mostly right now on the east end with some of the projects that are coming out on that side. Um, that way you kind of see what the needs are out there and kind of how some of the plans are and what the planning is being done to try to serve that and actually that could benefit Liberty County Board of Commissioners in the long run as well. But I, I'll, I'll try to get you a draft copy of where we are on that. Well. But you told us last month and the month before that, that our withdrawal is nearly none. I mean, right now we are in a pickle because we don't have we can't withdraw like we think we potentially will do in the next 10 years yes i mean so if we if we're not able to withdraw from it trent is what i'm saying we've got to kind of look up ahead of the game and not just all of a sudden <clears throat> decide okay we're going to go ahead and serve these people um i know the deal with trying to work with long county and things like that but let's um Let's make sure that we look out for number one and let's not forget what our number is. <laughs> I got it. I do. I do understand. Uh, Mr. Chair, uh, uh, I, I agree with Commissioner Walden, uh, especially, I, I guess, in the last month or so, we've been talking about a lot more about water. Uh, and I know I've mentioned, and I. One thing is I know the Water Resource Council, the technical side, meets, but our side, I remember we kind of stopped meeting because of ad, as needed, I guess per se. I think it's probably about that time as is needed again for us to reactivate the Water Resource Council so we could stay on, yes, on board. I agree. That way we can at least give everybody an update uh, of where update. the technical committee is on some of these. Right, right. That way everybody knows. I agree 100%. Yeah, so that, that's just my, my request, Mr. Chair. Thank you, sir. No problem. Sir. If you plan to maybe um, next month. I'll be glad to do that. Month, yeah. I can do that. Right. We have a, a committee meeting Sometime next week yeah. soon where we're going to kind of hit it for another couple hours, try to resolve some things. Yeah. And then that way it'll be a, a nice, better, it'll be a better product for you to look at. Thank you, sir. Mm -hmm. Oh, is, is that a yes or no about our side? 
Or we just don't. Well, yeah, you, so you got the technical committee and then the, recent, the policy committee. Policy so committee. I made a note just to get with Jeff and we can get together and schedule a meeting of the policy committee. Okay, great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. And then you're asking me to bring a little bit of information yes, back sir. to you next month. Yes, sir. Because, you know, um, when, I, when I happen to um, observe other governmental meetings, that seems to be a common occurrence that uh, everybody's not fully aware. You know, we may have our private conversations, and I know that you all are meeting behind the scenes. I know that to talk about water, but let's bring it to the public so they can at least know where, we, know are. where we are. Yeah, know where and, we are. And see, that's uh -huh. the thing with, with, with the policy committee. We had people from other municipalities that were at the table, yeah. so I think that's where the confusion is mm -hmm. at right now. Otherwise, sometimes it appears, appears we're doing nothing when you really are, but they right. just don't have the latest information. The information isn't being put out now because we don't meet. So if I think no, it'd we, be great to go ahead and have another policy committee. There we go. Thank you. Okay, so back to Arcadia. Do we want to go ahead and you want turn to do that loose? Uh, uh, Mr. Longer is asking for a, a, a letter of approval from this commission that we uh, would allow the private water provider to provide water no. expansion to the Arcadia phase three. Yeah, that's it. Is here. Yeah. State so. that again, then, Trent. But you? the water service provider that serves water to the Arcadia subdivision provide water to the proposed Arcadia phase three. Mr. Chairman, I make a motion on what Trent, Trent Lyon said. Second. <laughs> you didn't hear him? <laughs> second on what Trent Lyon said. I second what <laughs> Commissioner Second uh, made a motion on. Any further discussion? All in favor? Thank you. I'm sorry I made it soapy, but sometimes my mind's going faster than my mouth. I just, uh, I mean, it, something that I was curious about, I was talking to Commissioner Gillard how many water towers there are in Hinesville over probably 12 mile, square miles and there's a lot of place, there's a lot of 12 square mile blocks in, on the other end that we, that is going to be concerning. <laughs> Some of it is going to have industrial and commercial area and uh, I mean we know that there's places in there, Trent, that Paper company land that one day somebody's gonna decide they don't want to grow trees on it and they're gonna need clean drinking water. Yes, sir. I understand 100% what you're saying, sir. And I plan on being around. I plan on being around too. Yeah, I just want to be able hey. to check on you. Yeah. All right, you need anything else from me? We're done, sir. Thank you for that. You. you report back to us in March. We appreciate it. And we're going to try to do that continuously, commissioners. Uh, other things that are going on that need to be brought to the forefront, at least brought to the public's forefront, so they'll know uh, what's going on uh, uh, when we have our conversation or when we had our subcommittee meeting and just bring it back to report out. Yes, sir, Commissioner Gilbert. Yes, I uh, just want to mention that Commissioner Frazier, um, the Palm Drive splash sign. And um, that that project is finished, and you get ready. You get ready to do something around on Elm Street. Right, right. Yes, we could. You want me to help you move it on around the corner? I, I, you, I appreciate you, Commissioner. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Okay. You're the man. Thank you, right. okay. <laughs> Thank you. Mr. Dodd, uh, Liberty County Board of Education MOA, Councilman Dodd. <laughs> <laughs> <the> last time, <laughs> Mr. Chairman, Commissioners. Um, first, 
thing I'd like to talk about is a memorandum of agreement with the Board of Education. Uh, the, the, the current one we have runs for two years, and I'd like to just extend it for two years. Um, that allows us, in case of emergency, we have to evacuate. We use their school buses, and then mm. if something really gets bad and we have to use some of these schools for our critical workforce or a tornado or something like that, we got that. Um, the Board of Education did approve on Tuesday, so they're good with keeping the same contract. The verbiage is the same, and we just keep it for two years in case, you know, change outs and, and like that. All right. Mr. Chairman, I make a motion for approval. Second. For the MO. Motion second. We approve the MO with the Living County Board of Education. Thank you, Mr. Dodd, Councilman Dodd, for presenting. Any further discussion? <laughs> All in favor, show of hands, please. All right. It's done, my friend. Now, keep going. Keep going. <laughs> keep going. Okay. All right, sir. <laughs> so we did a, a RFP in December of uh, 29 for a uh, debris removal contract. Uh, we had five. It closed on January 31st, and we had five uh, vendors uh, bid it on it, and uh, myself, Mr. Uh, Mosley, and uh, Tripp, we, we was on a committee. We went through the, the proposals, and um, we want to keep uh, Crowder Golf that, based off of their proposals for three years with a, a possibility of a two-year extension. Um, pretty good. Um, We've had Crowder Golf for a while, and they was our uh, – the last time we used that contract was 2016 with uh, Hurricane Matthew, and we was pretty satisfied with them um, due to some uh, environmental conditions. The best part, we won't be doing no burning. It'll be more chipping. That's the preferred method going forward now. So um, based off the committee, we would recommend Crowder Golf. Okay. You, you you brought a question to my when we did the burning we did the airport road airport road airport and, and, airport and, 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 um, and Trapeau West Trapeau yeah. West so you're not recommending that again no and, and um, Crowder Golf they got a, a chipping and that's their preferred method too the, chip the chipping and 75 percent of the clean chips mm -hmm. go to uh, uh, keep it beautiful Recycle. yeah like biofuel <laughs> yep. uh, mm -hmm. so so they reuse it okay, I mean. okay. Mm -hmm. well so. That's complaints about smoke. All right, Chair, entertain a motion then. Chair, make a motion that we maintain the contract with Crowder Gulf. I second that. Recovery. And second and a third from Commissioner Walden for need one. Any further discussion? All in favor, show of hands, please, since the company has done as well. We hope we don't have to use it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Sir, uh, the last, last thing I have is a statewide mutual agreement. So we do those... Uh, Every four years, and ours runs out March March the first, and we're just trying to get that renewed. Uh, verbiage is the same, and that allows us to get the resources. If a disaster does happen, allows us to get uh, the resources with the state where we can use it at uh, um, the emergency operations center. Mr. May I make a motion for approval of the statewide mutual aid agreement? Second. Motion second. We approve the statewide mutual aid agreement as been posed by Mr. Dodd. Uh, any further discussion? All in favor, show of hands, please. Motion <coughs> passes. Thank you, sir. Thank you all. Have a good any, day. Any word of warning for the weather? We, weather you, beautiful day today. <laughs> Going to get some rain on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> get, your, get your umbrellas out, huh? <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Dodd. Congratulations to you, too, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. All right. Mr. Cardone, Mr. Pierce is here. 
So y'all love to see me come. <laughs> we do. I love it. <laughs> long, as long as we can see you come. I, I was about to say, I know y'all As long as I can see you come up, you know, baby. You know, y'all love to see me come. You know, so. Uh, first of all, thank you, Mr. Chairman and those commissioners. Uh, good evening, and I want to first start out by thanking you all for the job that you always do, um, along, you. along with Mr. Brown and Mr. Mosley. Um, I'm putting my dibs in for my budget coming up this year, but... Um, but I want to thank you all for what you all do, and thank you all for the having me to be able to change over and have the uh, other full-time deputy going from part-time to full-time. Um, just to let you all know, I didn't hire the full-time until December. Um, so it's kind of like a halfway halfway point of, of, of that budget. So didn't want to put it on there all that at one time, so we, we just decided to do it in December. So she came on in December, which she's back now, Miss Tammy. She's back there now. She's full. She's back there. Wave your hand, Tammy. Back there. You, know, you, ain't, you ain't on Facebook Live. <laughs> <laughs> so just, just to give an overview of what, um, for the coroner's office for last year, um, I do have some good news. Um, I know how they say the coroner will have good news, but we do have some good news. Um, <laughs> the death rate, uh, death toll for the coroner's office last year was down. Um, we had 116 natural deaths. Uh, we only had five homicides. We had eight suicides, 26 accidents, and uh, we still have 11 pending cases. So we had a total of 166 cases for 2023. Um, COVID-19 cases, uh, two cases. Uh, Fort Stewart cases, eight. Um, children, male, three. Uh, females, five. So that's all the total of 166 we had last year. So it's kind of broken down and the numbers broken down here. When you say pending cases. Pending cases are cases that we've already signed out as far as pending calls of death, mm -hmm. but we're waiting on the medical examiner to give us the final official calls of death. What's that turnaround time now? Is it much better than that? It's probably about, give or take, three to six months. Oh, okay. Yeah. And if we have to take a case to Atlanta, which we've had to take our, some of our babies are having to go to Atlanta. Really? Because the because they specialize in yes, yeah, the forensic pathologist for babies is, is in Atlanta. Okay. So, um, so sometimes we go there. Talk about building a, another facility in an hour. Yes, sir. we have a brand new facility. They built one in Pula. In Pula, right? Um, but they have a shortage of medical examiners. <coughs> Get the building, they don't have the help. <laughs> well, and they just recently, they recently, uh, uh, making lab has recently been uh, under construction, so they've, they've actually closed the making lab. So all cases now going to Savannah or either going to headquarters. Atlanta. So the the response delayed time and all is being delayed now with cases. Mm -hmm. So um, some all cases go in within five days. Um, some taking longer than that to go to headquarters. Mm -hmm. So it just depends. And all the all counties are using that same. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So will the so, Macon Center reopen? Will it? Uh, yes, yeah, their plans are to reopen. Okay. Um, they do have a medical medic examiner is going to be there. Okay. Um, so their plans are to reopen. Um, the forensic pathologist, she travels for children. She <clears> travels here in Savannah a certain time, and she's in Atlanta a certain time. So it just depends on the time frame. Um, me, personally, I, I prefer not to go to Atlanta um, just because of transportation. I mean, you're looking at $1,000 to go oh. to Atlanta and come back. Yeah. And then sometimes they don't do it the same day. Yeah. Then you got to send transport back another back, day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we try to keep it where we can try to hope and pray that she's going to be in the lab in Savannah. How do you budget for that when it's kind of happenstance? <clears throat> How do you budget for that? Just well, we just, we just keep going. Yeah. And... Um, Whatever happens, I try to find a transport service that I use that would be more reasonable, okay. uh, mileage-wise. Okay. Um, don't always happen that way, but sometimes we make it mileage-wise, and we base it upon who's going to be more reasonable to go up. We try to get it scheduled where it can go up the same day that morning, mm 
mm-hmm. and the autopsy in the same day and bring come back the same okay. day. Yeah. It, but it don't always work that way. How many companies do you have to work with doing that? We've kind got of uh, three. Okay. Yeah, we got three. And talking to them out of Augusta, uh, which is more reasonable, he does local uh, transports um, for the whole state. Mm-hmm. So I have another company that he's he's interested in probably going from um, coming here, then going there. He's a little more reasonable. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he's a little more reasonable. Yeah. So mm-hmm. his mileage is about $2.25 loaded mile. So okay. he's pretty reasonable. Okay. Um, now, I don't know how long he lasts doing that at $2.25, but... Yeah. Most companies okay. are charging three dollars, almost three dollars loaded mile. Mm-hmm. And that should go to Atlanta. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So um we try to we try to as always I always say we try to we try to do things and, and work along in the budget as much as we can. Um I will say so far this year, um that our cases right now we're at twenty seven cases already this year. Yeah. And we're just in February. In, in February. Yeah. I'm sorry, you said twenty eight? Twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. We're 27. So far, we got 14 natural. We got 14 natural deaths. Now, this was done last week, a week before last. So we got 14 natural deaths, and we've got 10 pending. Um, and then we've got no COVID cases, zero COVID cases um, of deaths. And then we got one case on Fort Stewart, and we got one child death, which was one a male. And then we've had some more cases since then, since this was printed out. So we read about 27 cases already this year. And that's a mixture of. Yes, most most of our cases are natural deaths. Most of them are natural. Okay. <clears throat> um, a lot of hospice companies are coming in now, and a lot of residents are going up under hospice care. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still get called a lot if there is um, if hospice can't get there, they'll call us. Out. We work with um, your family hospice real well, so if they got any, if their nurse can't get out, they call us. We'll go out and pronounce, um, and then they would do the paperwork for them. So okay. we got things worked out with folks do it. Folks, stewards now they do they doing all their civilian. I mean, they doing all the active duty soldiers, and we're doing most of all the civilians. So we got a good rotation with that going on. What well, did it take to work that out? I remember the discussion. Um, could not the middleman. I think um, <laughs> we were we were. Um, <laughs> how do I say this in a good way? Um, we were in a, we were in an MOA agreement. <laughs> we were in an MOA agreement with um, <clears throat> with. How do I say? Um, well, the Armed Force Mech Examiner's Office, myself and their hire, we spoke, mm-hmm. um, and we cut the middle people out. So what we do is we confer on each case on folks to it, and then they determine, we determine which case is going to be taken. So most cases we agreed upon, they would handle all soldiers on folks to it. They happen on folks to it. Mm-hmm. And then we would handle most of the civilians. They don't have anything to do with civilians. Okay. They say, but we want all the soldiers. Okay. Um, but they did say that you do have ultimate jurisdiction. So between us and the office mech examiners, we agreed that that was what we was going to do. So if a soldier loses his life off base, they handle that too? No, sir. That's ours. That's, that's yours. Yes, sir. Okay. They're just doing the Yes, sir. Okay. Anything outside of the gated area of garrison. So if it's on 119, 144, um, then we have the option of giving it back to folks to it, if it's a soldier. Yeah. And most time we try to give it back to folks to it. Yeah. Unless Georgia State Patrol or they're involved, and then it becomes a county case then. Okay. But if it's if it's MPs involved and we can figure out a way that the office mech examiner we confer and they would take it, we let them handle it. So, so uh, Mr. Chair, I just have a question for you. Uh, so, and, and I appreciate all your hard work and dedication to to get everything fixed with Fort Stewart, because I, I know that, you know, we've, you've worked hard for that, so we appreciate it. But I guess the only question I still have with that is, uh, so are they still holding back information 
on on the desk from no. So even if if it's a soldier on Fort Stewart, you're still privy to that information. Yes, sir. Okay. We do have we do have a um, there's a point of contact at Fort Stewart. Okay. And um and CID has been real well work works real well. Mm-hmm. Um, they notify us and let us know there's death on post. Right. Um, and then from that standpoint, if we need any information, um, the um, cash affairs officer or the patient affairs officer on Fort Stewart, right. we can get that information to them. Right. Even, I, even with behavior records now. And we, see, I, I guess, really right, and, and, yeah. and that's wonderful because, you know, uh, the biggest thing I, I know even from the local level and also the state, you know, uh, we're really pushing about mental health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, as long as we have the, the stats to kind of back it up, that, that you know, help us on, yeah. on the well, mostly, state level. Well, mostly now, most of the soldiers, if they're off post, um, if there's any kind of behavioral um, issues or whatever, we're able to get a copy. Um, so we would know exactly what's going on as far as if, if like, for example, most of the suicides are post, mm-hmm. um, you know, if there's any kind of behavioral help, then we would get a point, got a point of contact, we would get the information right. to let us know. Because I'm, I'm assuming we're, we're going to need that, you know, especially, you know, being on the board of managers. I know from the ACCG standpoint, we're really advocating hard uh, with the state. But more importantly, I just don't want them to, you know, sometimes with the state, they give us unfunded mandates <laughs> and you know the more numbers that we have to, to back up the data I think that it that help tremendously so okay. I appreciate that we do have one we do have one one of these pending cases the case that we do uh, we do have from the um, the good old nursing home in Midway <laughs> oh yeah and I guess me and Commissioner Stevens talked it up one morning at breakfast one morning we was talking but anyway we got um, we do have one pending case now at the nursing home <clears throat> uh, which is a ward of the state that has, quote unquote, this in no family, but that's to be determined still. But, mm, right. But that case is still pending, so we do have that still in our possession, the coroner's office. So we're working on that now. And we still have your request on file. Appreciate it. There was some discussion about that yesterday, other day, so just know that we're, 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 we're on it. Well, I know they. I think it was some discussion, but I want to make it, you know, kind of yeah. cross. You know what I'm saying? Um, um, I appreciate all that, you know, everything that discussion was and all. But um, if all possible, I, I wouldn't want the building connected to the other building. You want right. to be independent, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so if, if if whatever y'all decide on, I, I would like to have it okay. separate. Okay. And reason being is because of the interest and in exit and coming in and coming out and all that. It just needs to be kind of secluded just for us to be able to. Because yeah. if we're not there, anybody might can go in and, at any time. And, mm. so. but on Being the in the area is fine, but right. I mean, just, okay. but just, just a separate. Separate building. Yeah, okay. if you don't, if you, okay. you know, okay. if it's all right, does that yeah. sound pretty good, Ms. Walden? Yeah. Sir? Yeah, I said sound pretty good, Ms. Walden, you know, because, you know. I was. I just, because separate, separate is more of a, how do I say, um, you don't want to tie it all together. I mean, we're, we're a separate hey, entity. I understand. And so, you know, as far as being on that on that land, it's good. I mean, perfect. But yeah. I just, let's far as separating, I mean, we can be, you know, that's perfect. Okay. All right. You help us with the next round of spots. We'll help you with what you need. Well, we're going to always do what we can got to do. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, I think everybody knew I've tried my best to be as good a steward as taxpayer dollars as I can. Because, you, you know, I, I mean, that's where it is. But I will say this, though. I do need another vehicle. Um, 
<laughs> so you were doing so well. <laughs> <laughs> you should have said that. That's the tallest I've seen. Give him six months. He leaned back there. If the deaths continue, I believe we're going to get your station wagon. Quite a little bit, On a serious note, you, you mentioned um, the, the work on Fort Stewart and um, in Liberty County, but I mean, how do you differentiate when it's somebody on the highway out there that's in Long Liberty? Um, you know, you you've got capital part of it, right? I mean, do you just, have to make that decision? Just does Liberty. Well, well sometimes I, mean, I don't know how you can. It, it, it depends on what tower it comes off of. So sometimes it bounces off a Tattnall Tower or a Long County Tower. Yeah. Um, then you got right. Bryan County, which is up a little bit. So it depends on how close to the line they are. Um, and then it bounces off that tower. Then they'll find that 911 center or that corner. Once they get there, they realize it's not their jurisdiction, then they will call, call, they call for us. Call next one. Yeah. But most of the time, it's, it's, with that area there, most of the time, if GSP is, they usually work the accident zone. Mm. If it's off post, 144, 119, and normally they kind of like know who's had the jurisdiction and then notify that corner's office. So if they're, Let's just say they're at Red Cloud range, and it's who who handles that? You, I mean, is the government? They have to make that decision, or yes, it it depends on where it depends on. Say, for example, if we had a plane crash and it, it crashed over in the, I mean, I couldn't tell you where it was at now, but it was way over. So we had to actually had to pinpoint by the coordinates on where they were located at and everything. By the time they you know when they found everything. But then they realized it was Liberty County, so then they called us. And at that time, they were all, they were it was a civilian plane, so we had we had to handle all four deaths. Um, and so that was a that was a eye opening experience for me because I just became coroner. But they generally they figured out the area of what they'd be at and they scoped it out and say, "Hey, this is going to be Liberty County." Well, and the reason I was asking that, um, and and Joey had mentioned space. I mean, space right now, you know, you're looking at what we've got here, and that's going to play into the decision, you know, what happens in the future. Um, and I was just wanting to make sure that there's some type of dialogue with those folks on Fort Stewart when we get ready to expand that um, they may have some brick-and-mortar money. Yes, Definitely understand where you're coming from. Mm. They probably got some out of that too. Yeah, I think. Mm. What it sounds to me like lately, they've been blowing it all up. <laughs> yeah. They got the train. Anyhow. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Just so you know, um, thank you, sir. Um, two things come to mind. Number one, I'm glad you're presenting. Uh, thank you, Commissioner Stevens, because the, the folk who are watching on Facebook, we get asked the question many times you know, what is my tax money doing? This is a good example to know this is one area. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm that your tax money has to operate the coroner's office for all that he does that none of us certainly want to do, you know. But it's a job that has to be done, so it's a service of the county. Uh, sometimes you may not, you know, uh, because it's not you or your loved one, you have no respect for it. But we have a respect when she presented very well for what you do, yeah. you and your staff do. Yeah. So we, we appreciate well, yeah, that. I, I have to thank them because they look out, they keep me, keep me halfway straight. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I, I don't know where I'd be. Especially that one on the yeah. end. 
Yeah, I, don't, I, I would say that I don't know what I would do without them when my wife passed away because they uh, they yeah. basically just took over and just ran the office yeah. um, and took over. So, yeah. and uh, I know there was some some discussion. I think it's called DCIP, it's an acronym that that the military has, um, where you can do some civilian slash community partnerships kind of thing. I'm not sure where this would fall, but I just need to let you all know when it comes to the military budget, Fort Stewart already has prioritized its budgetary items. His office is not one of them. Not one of them no. They have some major things they're working with. They're trying to get funded and have been trying for years. I'm right, Mr. Brown, to get funded, and it just does not move quickly. Mm -hmm. uh, so just know this is probably going to be without a problem. It's going to be a Liberty County SPLOS funded, SPLOS assisted project when this does happen, because if we wait for uh, dollars from Fort City help us. We'll be waiting for a long time. And, but you know, know what, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Chairman, I think if we go ahead and open our mouth to them now, by the time we get ready, yeah. it might be on the table. Yeah. Well, I know we do have a, um, we do have their on their plan. They they contact me um, when they have a disaster something coming. They contact us, mm -hmm. and they will ask us as far as how much space we can we can handle in Liberty County. Right. Um, and I always right. tell them, you know, we got right. six spaces at the mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. um, then I've got six spaces at the funeral home and the coolest mm -hmm. funeral home. So we got a total of 12 we can actually mm -hmm. hold now. So um, they got a lot of resources they can bring in, in fact, a whole lot faster than we can. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I ask them how much y'all can house me out there, they tell me, well, I don't know. We have to get back with you. you know. uh, yeah. But they got the resource to, ha to house theirs. But, but, you know. but there are also stipulations. I remember that from working at the hospital, there's certain things we were not allowed to do. Certain things we were allowed to do, other things we were not allowed to do. Yeah. You know? And sometimes we, we, we found creative ways to do things. You know? And if it's a terrorist threat or a terrorist thing, that post's going to lock down and there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. We're going to yeah. be just based outside the gate and having to try Those to take you out. We well, we keep working. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank Thank you, sir. Any, any other question? Thing? Appreciate you. All right. Okay. Thank All right. You. Good to see you. We're All right. Thank you. Hey, hey, I mean, not promise, but we're gonna work. Try to work on that vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get Tammy to ride in. You know what I'm saying? Cause she, uh, you know, she's. she's well, I, mean, I, mean, I think I mentioned. Well, I had mentioned Mr. Brown too in the email, and the get email um, about the loaner vehicle. But Mr. Brown told me it wasn't having loaner vehicle. So. Well, we, well, so I was thing, trying to see what you know. <laughs> one thing, Mr. Chair, I can say this: we don't want to be in a situation like we were about a year ago. Yes, you know. I won't. Okay. Okay, you got it. Yeah. All right. Ms. Leah, CVB. Good evening, Mr. Chairman and Commissioners. And I actually had the pleasure of chatting with Commissioner Stevens and Mr. Pierce at breakfast the other morning. Because I happened to be in the same spot. That must have been some good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> he's Diner. Okay, so our biannual update. Um, this first slide shows you the food truck festival from October of last year. So we had about 17,000 people that were out at the food truck festival. It takes place here in downtown Hinesville. Lots and lots of folks, 32 food trucks. Um, we did have a shortened area um, due to early voting. So if we could have fully expanded, we would have had 50 trucks. So that would be our hope for this year. We've lots of luncheons, um, one that the CVB actually hosts, which is that bottom left-hand corner photo. Um, <clears> that <throat> is our state um, person, our regional person, Sarah Ann, and she is actually on maternity leave right now, but she was able to come down for that luncheon and be one of the speakers on the panel, really explaining to folks what it is that a CVB does. 
Ribbon cuttings, lots of ribbon cuttings taking place. Lots and lots and lots of ribbon cuttings. Um, just from a chamber side, we have had 21 new members since January 1st. Um, so versus the death toll, um, mine's a happy numbers. Um, so lots of new businesses opening in our community. Spouse tours, we continue to do those every other month. So our next one is actually next week. It is full. Um, we will be visiting um, Dorchester Academy and a couple other places out on the East End and then coming back this way to actually do some floral arranging um, with Flora Bells. It's in the old Stacy's building. So some interesting things going on. And then we're doing a senior spouse tour the week following for the um, senior command staff spouses. So that one should be pretty cool as well. And then April would be our next one. So every other month we do skip those super duper hot June and July months because nobody wants to spend them with us. Mm -hmm. Lots of conferences and meetings since we were before you last. We did represent Liberty County at the Georgia Downtown Conference, which are the left-hand photos there. You can see Take a Walk in Liberty County. That's Cade Creek. That's um, a newly, I guess, appointed judge, Michael McGirt, that's actually walking on the boardwalk in Cade Creek. Um, and then we did a lot of other conferences and meetings. We did a local photographer tour last fall, so a lot of amateur and professional photographers that we led around for the day, um, places that they could take pictures, a lot of places that folks didn't know about, especially our dirt roads, seemed to fascinate a lot of people, which is a good thing, because if you grew up on one, you love them um, until you have to drive on them in the rain. But they are pretty, and uh, the photographers really liked them. Lots of other publicity radio shows. Um, we went to Washington, D.C. You see the chairman there um, and lots of other stuff. We ship uh, welcome packets and rack cards all over. That's that bottom left-hand photo. That's a young lady from our office that was over at Liberty Shipping mailing a box of rack cards. So we mail a lot of those. We have ads right now in Good Housekeeping and Woman's Day, various editions of that since October. Uh, welcome bags and promotional products. We pack about 4,000 welcome bags a year, so lots of opportunities to get information about Liberty County out, um, whether that's here for folks that are visiting or for folks who request them from somewhere else, we mail it to them. We participated in the Christian Churches Together event in Riceboro, which um, to me was super impactful. Um, there was 100-plus clergy from all over the country, from all different denominations, um, who had the I find um, the Historic Baptismal Trail a very spiritual place, and they got to make that walk and walk the boardwalk and see that history. We had our Santa mailbox at the Bacon Fraser House. Always a good time, 250-plus Santa postcards sent back to all the littles um, who love to hear from Santa. Hinesville for the holidays, another successful event um, took place here in downtown Hinesville. Chairman over there on the right-hand side. What am top I doing? Right. Oh, wait a minute. You're, you're, I don't know. You were cheering. Listen. Uh, he, you were he, happy. Oh, yeah. He, he's, he's definitely excited yeah, at the bottom. excited. <laughs> Gorgeous. Everything turned out great. Um, we also participated in 35 Nights of Lights in Gap Park, which is the little park between the old labor department building and the new and not. So that was a joint effort between us, the HTDA, and several downtown businesses where we decorated that little park um, and made it more friendly for the holidays. There was an opportunity for kids to write their Christmas wishes. There was um, three or four different photo ops for families, and I was amazed at how many people took advantage of it. And you can see that bottom right-hand picture. All of those are signatures or people who wrote what their Christmas wishes were. And I went back and painted over it at least once or twice. So lots of people using that little park. 
Um, we also produced Liberty County's first travel guide. Emma actually had to leave to go back over to the Arts Council, but this was her baby. Um, she pushed to have this done. We, to date, have given out 4,500 of these travel guides. So I gave you one today. It's the little small book mm -hmm. that um, consolidates some of our information. So we're not giving those out locally a lot. They're being shipped to visitor centers all over the state of Georgia and actually some in Florida as well, the Florida-Georgia line. We did um, an in-center activation at the Georgia Visitor Center at Port Wentworth um, a couple weekends ago. We spent our Saturday up there, and you can see all the folks we talked to, so many people. I never realized how many people stop at a visitor center. They said a million and a half a year, and I thought they were not telling the whole truth, but they were, because um, we literally talked to at least 150 people in six hours. I mean, it was amazing, if not more than that. And those are folks we talked to, not folks we just gave stuff to. So, yeah. Uh, my my 30-second spiel is real good about Liberty County. I can say it really fast. <laughs> um, we also started participating in Operation Startup, the newcomers event at Fort Stewart. That started again, first time since COVID that they have had that. So that's where they cycle the soldiers through who are in processing. So they do a, um, a married soldier hour, and then they do a single soldier hour, and we stay for both of those. We've done two of them. Today we talked to 170 soldiers and their families. Um, and then next week we'll talk to 220 is what they told us they'll have in processing. The first week we talked to 98. So those are folks, again, we're actually speaking to them. We're giving them goodies about Liberty County. We're able to give them rack cards and maps and get their email addresses and cell phone numbers if they'll give them to us to keep them updated about what's going on. You remind me today the um, Lopez young man that's a student of the Star Student. Yes. His parents said they were here in the military and they decided to make it mm -hmm. their home. So yep. we love it here. One soldier that I talked to today, he and his wife um, got here from Alaska. They bought a house here before they got here, so sight unseen, and just because they fell in love with the area with what they saw online. And he wanted his wife to come on the spouse tour because he said in Alaska she was very homebound, um, that she wasn't able to do a lot of things, so she's excited to get involved in the community. So we're, we're excited to have those folks. We talked to a lot of ladies about coming on the spouse tours. Um, so we're looking forward to getting them involved. Some of our accolades, that biannual food truck festival won Best of Liberty with the Coastal Courier. Desiree was selected to be a participant in Leadership Southeast Georgia. I flipped a lot of pancakes to make money for the Boys and Girls Club on a Saturday. Third Infantry Division Day at the Capitol happened in Atlanta. Our 2024 Liberty County Magazine was published, and I gave you a copy of that. That has Mr. Joe Ford on the cover. And our Young Adult Liberty Leaders and our Leadership Liberty classes began. Um, upcoming, we have the Small World Festival here in downtown Huntsville on March the 9th and the Food Truck Festival on March the 23rd. And any questions, I'm happy to try to answer. Yes, sir. March 9th, right around the corner. Yes, sir. Yeah. Just a question, and I know you probably don't have an answer. Remember the other day when I saw you? Mm -hmm. Your food truck and the parade and with the changes coming downtown Huntsville, how is that going to do? Do you have a clue how that's going to affect anything? Um, I think I'm going to learn a lot on March the 9th about how that's going to work. Um, I actually haven't gone down yet to measure it with a wheel, but my current plan for events would be to put more of our arts and crafts vendors down Main Street in those so areas with the islands mm -hmm. because I don't have to get them turned around. Where a food truck, I have, I would have to get them pulled in right the first time, and that very rarely happens. Um, because a lot of times they don't know what side they're going to serve on until that day. 
Um, so those food trucks instead will have to go in the Bridewell Park area or further down Main Street or further down MLK. Um, that is my current plan. We're going to see how that works with a little bit smaller event. Even though we had about 7,000 people for Small World last year, we had 17,000 for food truck. So I'm hoping I get it right the first time and make any tweaks for a food truck then. For parades, I am not sure yet how that's going to work. I think it's going to be rather interesting. I think the bands we talked about, those could split around those islands. But um, floats, I don't have, n I have no clue right now, sir. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Floats, <clears throat> floats are generally not much, because trucks pull them generally. So you're talking about they can make that. Uh, I mean, they can't. Get on one side. <laughs> Some that. of them are, on one yeah. One side or the other, I would think yeah. would work. Some of them, we're just going to have to be very careful with the, the measurements. Like the Hispanic Heritage Club, yeah. their float is usually pretty wide, yeah. um, much wider than the vehicle, yeah, um, yeah. because Pablo, does, he does a really good job, and that's why they always win. Always win. Yeah. So <laughs> we just have to make sure that we, we know, he knows those measurements. Mm -hmm. Who's that, John gotcha. Lewis? Yes, yeah, and Mr. Lewis, and he's his is very loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Thank you, Ms. Leah. All right. Yes, sir. Y'all have a great Thank night. You too. Oh, the exhibit opening's happening until seven. We've got rodeo over there with uh, Mexican food, and it's Black History Month exhibit. So you're welcome to stop by. Nice. Okay. Thank you. It'll be open ten to two. Monday through Friday. Monday Friday. Okay. Solid waste study proposal. See in the clock. Tick. I'm on, I'll, I'll be right. real quick. You're right. The uh, the first thing tonight, Mr. Chairman, it, that we have for you is the scope of work associated with contracting with Mid Atlantic Solid Waste Consultants to update our solid waste fee schedule. Uh, as you can see in, in what was given to you there, it's been about four years since that was done. Uh, so it's time to update it again. They've given a, a budgeted price, which we do have in the Solid Waste Fund, to be able to do this update, a price of $32,700. Um, it does include a final presentation to the commission and obviously several on-site visits uh, as they do this, which again, I think they, this is the fourth, will be the fourth time they've done it for us. Uh, they would initiate the project provided it's approved tonight by March 1st, and then it would take three to four months based on our review from staff time to present something to you for final consideration. It is the same contract, basically the same contract we looked at, and, you know, I didn't check back, but I... I think it's about the same price that we paid last time, too. It was right in, right in the $30,000 <coughs> range four years ago. Four, four years goes by quickly. It does go it by really like quickly. Been that yes, long. sir. Yes, sir. And, and that is our, you know, as y'all know, you've seen it. It's the basic guide that, that talks about capital outlay replacements uh, this, this in your solid waste management plan. So it's, it's been a great document for staff to use for guidance. Yeah. One of the things I want to do, and I remember the conversation we talked about uh, uh, capital and ensuring that we, we stay current and, and, and not let ourselves fall behind so much so that things start to fail and then we struggle to play catch up. So mm -hmm. being proactive where we want to be when it comes to. That was five years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it helps us too with the lead time we're seeing yeah, equipment right. deliveries yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. I mean, yeah. it's basically a year and a half yeah. at best to get a garbage truck now, yeah. front end or rear loader yeah. to do that. Yeah. So. See, that's, once again, things that the citizens would not know. We have sure. no idea of that. And the cost of these things. Oh my gosh. All right. You are asking for approval of this? Please, sir, if you don't mind. Commissioners, are you ready to? So move, Mr. Chairman. 
Second, Mr. Motion Chair. Second, we approve this on solid waste study proposal. Begin with March 1st, you said, sir? Yes, sir. It's March 1st. All right. And the t how long will they take them to? 90 to 120 90 days. Okay. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Any further discussion? All in favor, show of hands, please. All right. Let the work begin. Your report, sir? I'm going to try to go through it real quickly because I did take, have take something I was on a, It'll be half time. a call about uh, this morning that you've got to know about for the next meeting. So uh, just real quickly, active construction <coughs> projects. Mike, can you just get that light as close as over here? You don't want There you go. Thank you. Uh, this is the, the new fire station and where it stands right now. So they're, they're working on some site work, getting ready for a final punch list, which the new schedule that we've got shows that final punch list to be developed uh, by the first part of March. So that's when we anticipate trying to go through and do that work. But just a couple of a couple of shots for you there. Obviously, the pavement striping still has to be done. Georgia Power's installed all the outdoor lighting, and the uh, contractor will uh, has started back to work. You can't see it here on the front piece that's associated with Highway 84, which is where some of the bad dirt was that we had to go in and remove. Uh, that was excess from when Highway 84 was four laned in there. Mm. Uh, this is the public works. It's ahead of schedule. Yeah. Uh, so as you can see, this picture was taken actually this week um, from above, but uh, all the red iron is on the site, red iron being, being set up. They have already completed work on the mosquito control containment building where the chemicals and everything will go. Say completed work. They've got the roof on it. So once they get the red iron up, uh, all the sheet metal, all the metal siding is on site, which is good which is, had been a, a delivery issue in the past, getting those metal building uh, panels, they're all on site. So what they'll do is they'll move off, actually, from away from that building once those panels start to go up so they can clear the site for those folks to work because those panels will go up pretty quickly. I think the, uh, the installation time really on those panels is, is probably two to three weeks, and they'll be done with that, provided the weather's good. I'm being asked about the durability of the panels. Uh, durability panels uh, are, are a... Uh, design wind load for that area, mm -hmm. uh, just like the other building in the back had to be. So they have to be designed <coughs> for that wind velocity. Actually, they exceed the wind velocity a little bit because they fall a little bit above the margin. Mm -hmm. I mean, they only make so many gauges of that metal. Mm -hmm. So the metal we ended up using was a gauge, I don't say higher, but the one we had to use got mm -hmm. us above the wind load requirements. And it, it's, it's um, longevity. Uh, longevity mm -hmm. is... Uh, generally, 30 years, 30 or 35 years on those painted panels. Um, I mean, that's just that's just the guarantee. I mean, they galvanized mm -hmm. uh, and painted over. So the 30-year really guarantee is is just on the paint <coughs> surface. So, you know, unless you just have a break in there that okay, has occurred right. from a well, something falling on it or something that, that separates that galvanization bend bend and scratches that galvanization, then, you know, it should be good. It should not rust. The rust-free panels. Joey. Right. Joey. Yes, sir. <coughs> on mosquito control over there, with the chemicals that they do store, <coughs> will there be a containment wall just in I case of a leak or anything? Yes, sir. <coughs> you may remember from the plans, I'll talk about it because I never reported the, the, the containment wall, you can almost see it in here, but it's a cradle. Uh, for the better part of it, what, what you're looking like, what it's looking like is, is basically a, um, a curb and gutter that you would see a curb that height, as a matter of fact, maybe a little taller, uh, in an area that's probably, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's probably 30 by 30, this pretty good size containment pod for it. 
And so that chemical, if it does leak out, would have to crest that high curb in order to get out of the cradle. Uh, the other thing that you see there um, that's going in also is the old water separator tank um, for this facility. Uh, they were slowed a little bit in here because everything, as you know, from here to here is automotive related. So it had to have uh, diamond casings put in the, in the concrete. It took a little bit longer for that to cure and be poured. So they were able to move out pretty fast uh, on the rest of the concrete for that structure. So once the metal <coughs> panels start going up, they'll move away from the building and really go back, concentrate on stormwater and doing underground work away from there so they can be out of the, out of the uh, metal building folks putting the panels on. But they are ahead of schedule. It's looking really, really good down there to uh, do that. Mr. Brown, on the old facility, are we going to knock it down or demolish? Yes, ma'am. So okay. what happens in the old facility is um, that facility comes down completely. The concrete stays because mm -hmm. what was decided in there when it was reviewed by y'all and recommended by Clinton was that would be a washdown pad area. Okay. All right. No, not the shed in the back, not the long one. That was no, sir, not the newer that one. That stay up. Yes, sir, that okay. one stay up. Right. Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, other things, just a couple other quick updates on a couple other projects you're aware of. The EMS administrative training building that's over on South Main Extension uh, is is completing design. Those You see the date, that should be ready and provided everything goes good, we'll bring that back to you, of course, uh, to, to go ahead and get proposals out. But we anticipate letting that project to get proposals uh, really by May which is pretty good. We've cleared all the permitting and everything, setback requirements from the city of Hinesville, so, so that's very good. Uh, health department building, David Holton and I talked this week, as a matter of fact, we're meeting next week with LCPC staff to go over some draft drawings there. Rather hit everything up front. You know, it is in the downtown corridor, so we do have to go through a review, uh, aesthetic review, which obviously will comply with everything that they need there. Uh, other thing I'll tell you too is that we've had some meetings a little bit about what to do with the stormwater off that site because as you know you, you basically have to design to contain your stormwater uh, to uh, pre-development levels <clears throat> so I, I got to have a net no outflow amount going out of there so we've had conversations uh, with Liberty Independent Troop one of our partners already and the Boy Scouts who leased the Boy Scout pond from them and they're very receptive to us being able to designate that pond as a stormwater relief point. It'll actually help the city also too in uh, some of the control of the water that they do from that point downstream. So uh, probably mean that in the end we'll put a small control structure in that pond, but uh, Trent and his staff are doing the, the topos and the elevations on there right now so we can get some drawings done on that. I was happy about that. The only other choice you'd have <coughs> would be to put what's called a cistern in place, which is an underground storage container, mm -hmm. and um, <coughs> they're really expensive to do that. Yeah. Isn't there one of those behind the Justice Center? Did we do that over No, sir. Actually, so, city, actually, the city did one. It's under the parking lot over here across from City Hall. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. All right. We, we have one. Let's paint. Yeah, <laughs> trying to tell you. Uh, just a quick update on a couple of pieces of legislation because uh, the session is is rolling. Uh, just a couple of things of interest. Uh, you know, a few years back, the state asked every county or made every county basically put an anticipated tax amount 
based on what they saw in advertisements that the county ran previous to the millage being assessed. And what they were was based on the previous year's millage rates. And so they said, your tax bill is estimated to be X. It's so hard to explain the process to taxpayers now, just like this year, where you get in there and you um, adopt a millage and that advertisement leads them to believe that their taxes are going to go up, they're going to, that their bill's going to increase by 40% or whatever that number was, 32%. And it, it's not true. It doesn't happen that way. So this bill deals with some of those notification requirements that hopefully make them easier for citizens to understand and are more accurate on what's going to happen. That's been, ACCG tried to, to get this, some work done on that. So <coughs> that bill does address some of that. And, and that's Senate Bill 403. The other thing, uh, some restrictions on local sales tax elections. This is one ACCG Dutton back. You know right now, a few years ago, the state changed and said there are only two times a year you can have special local election referendums. This bill would change that to one in off-cycle years. That's not good for the government, who may have a splashed expiring and may choose to go ahead and have a referendum. We definitely don't need to cut back any less than two, because that's already pretty restrictive. Uh, increase in state homestead, they're looking for a way to control tax rates statewide. So there's two or three bills that are out there. This is just one of them. Uh, House Bill 1019 is taking a look at a possible floating homestead exemption that would actually do the same thing for what the KDW, Kemp Deloach Williams does here. We would not be affected by a state homestead exemption floating because we already have one. So it would put into effect or allow the voters to vote to possibly put into effect in a county who didn't have a homestead, a floating homestead exemption is what that would do. Uh, HB 424 would, um, would basically set qualifications for sheriffs in the state of Georgia. Uh, saying that they would have to be certified as a peace officer to be able to qualify for sheriff. And it would also um, mandate that they get supplements for each court they serve. So that bill's still out there working in committee. Um, Senate Bill 383 and a companion bill, House Bill 946, uh, involve T-splash <coughs> modifications. Right now, you have to notify the cities of a T the potential call for a T-splash referendum. If you don't get 100% of those cities to sign on to a mutual agreement, then your tax rate cannot be 1%. It will be less than 1%. What this bill does is say, just like Splosh, if you get 50% inside a conglomerate of 50% of municipalities or a single municipality that encompasses 50% or more of the population of the total municipality levels, you can go ahead and call it and you won't be penalized basically by having less than 1%. So again, that could be some adjustment to the T-splosh that's coming. I think that one's pretty favorably reported and probably will come out. And the last thing is just a statewide freight plan that uh, since we're impacted by freight movement through here, I'm happy to see that. That could actually lead us to possibly some, some transportation dollars on our high, on our high traffic corridors. I did want to do a real quick update from you for you from 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 Hampo, uh, because we meet policy committee met uh, last week. As a matter of fact, to go over some projects, and I'll run through them real quickly for you. You okay? The first one is, uh, and this actually comes from the 
GDOT update. It is a uh, SR38 connector. That's basically the freight connector out there. You see that the next milestone is the authorized construction. You're pretty much up to date on that. The anticipated let, let date by GDOT, <clears throat> subject to earmark approvals at the federal level getting approved, would be June of this year. So we have monthly status meetings on that. Nothing has changed because the federal budget hadn't moved yet. So our earmark request, favorably reported, would be in the FY25 federal budget. So, you know, once we start to see some movement on the federal budget, then those earmarks can be considered. Uh, what will happen, obviously, without the earmarks in there, and we need a little over $2 million for utility relocations in there, um, the project probably will slip into an FY25 GDOT state is what will happen so there. So they approve their budget? The feds are supposed to approve their budget by year end, which they didn't do, yeah. and then they do, as you know, a continuing operational budget uh, for the year, the and that's fixing room. to expire again. Yeah. In fact, there's conversation about government shutdown again, um, but they normally report the earmarks in the February time frame, which won't happen this year. Okay. So then we're looking at so, year, so year. We're, we're looking at Probably that budget, I mean, you know, you have a president election coming up. A lot of things are shaking there, obviously. But you, um, I mean, I feel like the budget's got to get approved within the next few months. And then the earmarks will be announced. So we'll know. And depending on that timing is when is when we would see what the construction schedule stays. Uh, the bridge replacement project there at Peacock Creek, the one you all talked about earlier, that's the Lewis Frazier project. And uh, is is authorized to go to construction in 2025 fiscal year, which would be after <coughs> July 1st of this year. Because remember, their budget starts just like ours. And then the last one is is the median project that would run all the way down down 84 uh, through the middle of town. And and you see that schedule there. Really, really no construction schedule set. It's our it's currently in design by a. Uh, contracting entity that, that GDOT has contracted. Yeah, talk to us a little bit more about the median uh -huh. so the public will understand. So the median project would basically go from Flowers Drive to Patriots Trail. Flowers Drive, I believe, just out beyond uh, Ralph Quarterman, out that way. So it would, the easiest thing to say is it look like Abercorn, is that you're going to have median breaks where warranted, and it'll be up to that that company and that design firm to propose that to GDOT and then GDOT approve where those breaks occur. And it is a state project. It <coughs> is a state project. Not a Hinesville project. Not a Hinesville project. Or a David County project. Correct. It's a state project. Moving on the state's time schedule. Right. I think that's mm. really what, what everybody needs to know there. There's nothing that the city or county need to do to facilitate that except keep pushing like we already are uh, at every meeting. Some of those active construction projects you see there is that Flemington Curve project. It's due to be finished this summer sometime in 24, which is good. The bridge replacement at Taylor's Creek is actually on Fort Stewart. If you're going out that way towards Pembroke, that's due to be completed this winter. And then the resurfacing of some of that on Airport Road and, and out that way has been occurring and, um, and I believe is about wrapped up, if I remember the report correctly. The construction of a bridge at Doctors Creek is just in our metropolitan area. That's in actually in Long County. And that's supposed to be finished in winter of 25. I did want to mention a couple of other projects that were actually GDOT projects that were done. 
and these were the intersection improvements. You may have seen them, especially if you tried to turn right off of Highway 84 in the General Scriven. They extended that lane. We'll look at that real quickly. And then one that we do have T-Splosh money allocated for, which would help with that break between Lowe's and Walmart mm -hmm. and non-signalization there. would basically put a signal there. This is the first one. This is that uh, the right turn lane that was extended on 84 by GDOT is fully complete. And here's a look at a layout for that intersection improvement with a traffic signal at Walmart, with Walmart being down here and Lowe's being across the street. So you see the movement and what would happen there with the left turn lane here uh, and right outs there and a right in. So that stacking of that traffic and the dangerous area in here, that's been something the city's been working real hard on with Walmart and some of those folks and, and have finally have finally gotten them to agree to participate in that project. Uh, there is another project that is, is coming over here. It'll be an extension of the one store that you see here. Oh, sure. And yes, sir, thank you. Yeah. And uh, these folks are participating in the cost of that. So you'll have uh, T-Splash dollars, City of Hinesville dollars, this developer dollars, and some Walmart dollars finally in that project. Walmart probably giving up more right away than anything, than dollars in that project. Uh, Lowe's not able to participate. <laughs> Diplomatically said. Was that diplomatic? <laughs> Choosing. Other work items we're working on real quick is that airport expansion project, which has now gone to DOD for approval. Uh, we will be showing you the CIP budget we're finalizing that. We'll show you that at your planning session in March. <clears throat> we did distribute, Ms. Richardson distributed the 25 budget calendar for y'all this year, and I have finished working on the digest millage calendar that with Ms. Roberts and the tax commissioner's office to be able to set that in motion coming in. We did meet again uh, concerning health insurance. Joe, let me, let me interject right here. Our, our desire commissions is to not have our tax bill go out as late as it did this year. It worked much better for us when it went out. Right. First of December at least. Yes, sir. Preferably, preferably maybe November even. But mm -hmm. <clears throat> So we're trying to be on the front end of it uh, to, to ensure that they don't go out January. Little Committee on Health Insurance met again with the broker that we're working with. We're waiting to be able to draw down the latest data on health insurance claims. That won't come to us until March. So we should be back to you at the, either at the end of March or first part of April to talk about that. It's a uh, July 1st renewal date, but we have to know by June 1st because open enrollment starts then under the federal tax statute that allows you to do deductions before taxes. We are out there right now shopping property and casualty insurance rates. Those renew May 1st. So those, those are coming a little faster. And Mr. Mosley has set up a meeting with Mrs. Spada to go ahead and review the MWBE provisions and look at some updates to that to get them current and to, to satisfy some concerns. There were some calendar events I noted. Uh, we are moving forward, as you know, with the impact fee planning and scheduling, consideration, if you will. The first public hearing on impact fees is scheduled for March 5th. I got BOC meeting there. That's not correct. That meeting will actually occur earlier in the day, and we'll make sure we get you that time. The commission planning, as you know, is March 26th, and then the countywide mid-year review is at 8 o'clock and not 8.30 uh, on the 27th. The right. other thing, Michael, if you can cue that up real quickly. I, as you're aware, several there have been several lawsuits filed against opioid manufacturers 
nationwide and specifically in the state of Georgia. You're aware of one we signed on with that distributed funds straight to county governments. And if you remember, that money is contracted with the Board of Health for specific things as outlined in the opioid <coughs> settlements. And they are working on that. We've made a payment to them and they distributed their first report. This is opioid settlement money that actually came to the state of Georgia that's going to also be dispersed to Georgia counties through its developmental behavior disability uh, boards region-wide. I need to walk through this real quickly and I'll try to explain it and I've made you a copy to take with you because at the end of the day, what you're gonna have to do in your next meeting is choose one person to go to that regional meeting and vote on a slate of folks that will be proposed at that meeting. This is a little bit, I'm not <coughs> gonna read all these to you. These give you the numbers of what's gonna be dispersed to the state of Georgia over the next 18 years in opioid settlement funds. You see the state share, uh, you see their share, and then the state of Georgia and the participating local governments, which are 159 uh, counties and some cities, are, will be bound by an MOU on disbursement and use of those funds. And these are the participating local governments that are included in the settlement. You see the numbers and you see who's eligible under those. You actually had to signal that you wanted to be a part of that uh, about two months ago, I believe it was. I sent something back to them. Actually, you took action in here on that, I do believe. This, the trustee of the funds that come to the state is the commissioner of the uh, DBHDD. There will be created an Opioid Settlement Advisory Commission, or a GOSAC, which is basically in those regional areas. And you can look at the flow chart of how all that will flow uh, to the state and out to the <coughs> advisory councils. These are the people that are mandated to be on the council. And then the last bullet point, three people to be appointed by participating local governments. A little misleading, that's three people for the whole region. Mm -hmm. And so what'll happen is you'll come up with one name to submit to possibly be one of those three. When the region gets together, they'll decide, based on the one name that's submitted by all the counties in the region, who those three will be. So you don't get three appointments, you basically get to make one recommendation, really. Uh, for How the will they make their Decision based on? Based on, you would hope based on criteria, knowledge of the person and being involved with, with either, you'll see some criteria in here, direct involvement with opioids. And I don't necessarily mean use, but you know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. um, having someone impacted, working on a board that has done that, working for a health department, working, you know, knowledge, knowledge and exactly what's going on in the realm of opioids and abuse. Here are those regions, and you can see we're region five and the purple on the bottom, so a pretty large region. region. So there's gonna be three representatives out of all those governments that are able to sit on that council. And you see their task to review grant requests from within the region. So basically what'll happen, my understanding is what'll happen is though, that's the overall advisory council, individual counties and eligible folks that you saw on that list can then apply for those funds much like we had to do with our money for different aspects of handling the opioid crisis. These are the six 
this is the composition of those racks and who's got to be on there. And so basically the participating local governments in that region, as I said, are responsible for the three remaining GOSAC members uh, for that region. Each local gets one vote. We've kind of covered that. Uh, they sent a form today for us to be able to take that action. And then it tells about what I've already mentioned, how that slate is determined by a majority of those present at the region board at that time, the regional <coughs> meeting, and the slate can only be amended by a majority of those present. So say that, they don't necessarily have to choose on people that the local government submit. They can turn one down, turn two down, submit their own slate. These are the times of those meetings, so whoever <coughs> it is that you recommend will have to go to the one in Baxley in Appling County uh, on March 26. This is really what you have to focus on for use of the funds. If you apply for use of the funds, this is the same exact list that we had to pick from for use of our funds. So I think the settlements are exactly alike, uh, both of them that came out. There, there are the uses. And that's basically it. And I hate to hit you with all that at one time, but we just got hit with it as counties today, or got an overview today of it. So um, I don't know how you, what you want to consider to try to name that one person countywide to represent, you know, to actually get a vote, say to represent you, but to get a vote on who the members might be. Um, we do have a representative that we appoint to the Behavioral Health Board. I mean, um, if you want me to, if you want to consider them or you want me to reach out to them or if you have some other method, you know, the Board of Health or whatever, uh, that you want to try to do, but we just need to come up with one name. We don't have time to really run advertisements and, and we can run it up on our website and do some things, but uh, there needs to be one person appointed by the board at the next meeting to try to go to that regional meeting. I say let's reach out to that person that's appointed to that board. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> do we have someone serving on the behavioral health? Yeah. I thought we, we do. We. It seems like we always... Because they meet in Glen County. There's one of them we don't. I think it's that, that one. Might be the board. And I don't know. Let me, um, let me check. The Cohen Center. I mean, she. Very true. I think I don't. She's not a resident of Liberty County, but she works in Liberty County. That would. She's in it, and she's knowledgeable. Right. But, but, <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, you. Y'all may need someone else. I don't think we have anyone on behavioral health. That would be the person. Okay. But you could check it and see. Okay. I'll check both. Uh, and I'll shoot you an email. Her name is the lady Cohen. I know you talking about someone you get on the board. I can't remember her name. I've got her contact information. Okay. We'll check that. I will. I'll come back to y'all. I think she would be a good prospect. I'll let you know. We'll swap some emails, and you can let me know who you you know, if you need me to make contact with anybody ahead of time to see if they may be willing to serve and, you know, some of those type of things. Actually, they won't, I don't think they'll need to serve but one time, and that's to cast that vote. That's to cast a vote for? Unless they get up, end up 
getting elected as one of the three. And but there's a lot of folks in, well, in those counties. Well, so. It may be a good choice if she's able to do it. Yes, sir. And that's okay. all I have for you. I'm sorry it took so long. Quite all right. No, sir. We need to hear that. Sorry. I had a question for you. Okay. <clears throat> when you said the impact fee, is that the one coming from the inspection and permit side? Or no, no, sir. <clears throat> no, sir. This is the impact fee analysis that we hired the consultant that you have to hire to do to do that. The, the other schedule of fees is going to be presented by Mr. Mosley at your planning session. Okay. <clears throat> but you cover everything else. Now, to a... <clears throat> Road, roadway cuts and what that means by that commission is we have cities that are cutting across county roads without permission to supply someone on the other side of water and no one from the county has been notified but I've talked to Mr. Brown about this already so this is something that we need to put some teeth in because six months after they cut these roads <clears throat> you drive across them there's a drop. Mm. They will not, citizens in that area will not call the county, I mean the cities who provide them water in the rural area, they will call the county. So we need to button our hatch on that. And uh, but before you move on that, so what is the, so the so, we have so, a protocol? Well, well, there is a protocol. So if you are a utility company or developer that mm -hmm. needs to go across, go on our easement, you mm -hmm. have to have an easement access. Okay. And there's a process you have to apply to the county engineer for that. Say so apply, there's no fee involved. That's for two reasons. One, to make sure that you put it in correctly and nothing happens there. The other side is so we can map it and know it's under that road mm -hmm. and have and have some uh, have some feeling there. So in this situation, uh, none of that occurred. Yeah, basically. Uh, <clears throat> I, did, I did send an email out to the engineers for those cities and make them aware that we had a process that they needed to follow. Okay, and the other another one is <clears throat> we have an issue in the county trying to find material to fix driveways. Um, can't get rocks, <clears throat> crush and run, asphalt milling. <clears throat> so we need to look for an alternative somehow. I don't know what it is. Uh, yeah. yeah. Everybody's having that problem? I don't know, but Liberty County, uh, they are. we have or our road. A driveway or the road? The, the or driveways, road. Where, like where the mail carrier runs in the rural area. You got a big sink by the mailbox and all that. It's, any, it's any kind of material that's got a granite composition, mm -hmm. a granite composition to it, because uh, granite's hard to get still, and it's on a, um, a rationed-out basis still. <clears> and so what those... Um, road contractors used to do that were doing milling where they pull mm -hmm. that old asphalt up. Now what they're doing is, mill is milling it, storing it, recycling it, laying it back down again mm -hmm. so it can be used. So that's what's so happening to that big mound that's down what's there happening to the big mound down there. That's exactly right. Can't get it. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we can look and see if there's any precious commodities. Anything now. else, that, you know, not aware of it. But. And the last one, I still say we need to get on board with blight. Got that on, got that on your agenda for planning for y'all to discuss yes sir and and by the way have gotten that list chairman and i are going to look at it i really haven't you know if, again if you've got anything i think my deadline on my calendar for doing that's by next week <clears throat> is to try to finalize that agenda so <laughs> and do we think we can do still that. get four of us since mr mosley now is buying lunch Ride together. If not, I don't oh, have yeah. to get. Not don't have to engage the two on the end down there to ride with me. <laughs> I'm ready. 
<laughs> and I appreciate it very much. Hey. All right, that all for good of the order? Yep. Chair, take a motion to adjourn. So move. Second. What time was that game, Mr. Chairman? Now. <laughs> Overnight. It should be about over now. <laughs>